Double Team Podcast is back. I'm Stephen Root with Nick Wiggins, as always. A lot going on, I think, nine days away from the NBA playoffs. Coming off of yesterday, we made our our live debut for the Double Team on our home station, WNSP in Mobile, Alabama. Nice to be live on air for a little while and uh, a lot going on, a lot to recap yesterday. We had the Boston-Philly game, a lot of MVP talk. Joel Embiid, in my eyes, your eyes, a lot of people's eyes, winning the MVP after his performance against Boston. Um, we can kind of touch on that. But, Nick, how we doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Um, playoffs are right around the corner. It, it's an exciting time to be a basketball fan, man. This is the best time um, of the NBA season. All the games are really starting to matter. The playoff um, seating is changing every day. I think now it didn't. After the Clippers beat the Lakers last night, they actually jumped to Golden State, if I'm correct, right? I mean, yeah, that game last night, we were definitely going to have to get into that. But so right now, as it stands right now, they have Golden State in that sixth spot. They are a, a whole game up on the Lakers. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we talked yesterday on, on our little live show about this time of year. I mean, this is what you rest guys for load management, all that, the entire season should be for a moment like this if you're the Lakers. But uh, maybe, I don't know, people talk about load management and maybe it not working with injuries still occurring, um, that it might not be the best thing to do. And so clearly L.A. Lakers not ready for a back-to-back. Their bodies can't take that. I mean, I get it that you got LeBron at his age and Anthony Davis who's, you know, never playing back-to-backs and – but I mean, still, it's got to make you make you worry about them. They ended up making a bit of a game out of it in the fourth quarter, yeah. but but still, I mean, you got to be you got to wonder about their just durability as a team. They just looked all over the place. They looked slow. They looked old. Um, and the Clippers were ready for that. Sure. Well, you know, you also got to remember the Clippers hadn't played since Saturday, so that's almost a five day break for them. Yeah. And then you got L.A. coming off that back to back in a not even just a normal back-to-back. It was a crazy overtime game in Utah. Like, look, that's I, I'm not using that as an excuse, but it's just maybe a an advantage that uh, the Clippers uh, had over Los, the, the Lakers. I keep wanting to say Los Angeles, yeah. but they're both Los Angeles. But you get what I'm saying. I do. I mean, I think that was – I don't know how much you could truly take away from that game. I mean, a lot of people – we're billing it as a huge game, and yeah, it was for the seedings, but but still, I mean, there is very much a, a reason that the Lakers didn't show up and the Clippers did. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take that game and say that it means a lot for what they're gonna look like in, in the playoffs. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see going forward. Um, what else, man? Last night we had New Orleans. That game was wild. They were down 17 yeah. at one point in that game. They come back. To have a six-point lead with like what six seconds left, something like seconds. that. Eleven seconds 11. left, up by six with eleven seconds to go, and they end up having to go to overtime. Uh, that game, uh, Herb Herb Jones career high thirty-five. How are, I feel like we haven't really talked too much on New Orleans. Um, how are you feeling on New Orleans? Remember they had like that super, really bad streak of just losing a lot of games. Uh, remember, they were like up there at the top of the West. Then they got all the way down to being out of the playoff race. Now, lately, they've been actually playing pretty well. Brandon Ingram won 
player of the week not too long ago, averaging a little over 30, like 37 and 7. Uh, yeah. wh what do you think, man? Are Is New Orleans putting it together at the right time? Or are they for real? Or Well, putting it together for what? I mean, what are your real expectations for them? Um, I don't I don't have very high expectations for them. But this a game like that and Brandon Ingram playing the way he has, that's what they should look like. You know, that, that terrible stretch they were on, like, yeah, let's let's totally pretend a Zion doesn't exist. If this team is what it is right now, they should be better than they've been at points during the season. And, yeah, yeah, they've figured it out a little bit. Trey Murphy and Herb Jones have been great. I mean, you get those two guys in the draft in the same draft, I, I don't think you can do much better than that. Herb Jones is a, is a do-it-all guy. We, we watched him at Alabama be so important in college. And now he kind of does a lot of the same stuff in the uh, – for the Pelicans, excuse me. Jay McCollum out there, you had three guys with really big games last night. So, I mean, this is what they should look like. They're talented enough to to perform like that more regularly. But uh, something about them, I don't know what exactly it is. They just kind of shut down for periods of, of time. And they've done that too many times during the season. I don't, I don't know exactly what it is, but last night's – Kind of what you should get out of them more often. Speaking of uh, New Orleans and shutting down, still no sight of Zion. Still no update on a on a return. He just, I mean, New Orleans. I feel like they just have to start approaching this season and maybe even their future. Like Zion just doesn't even exist. As good as Zion is, and as elite as he can be. He just is never available, and it's never even a serious injury, it seems, you know? It's like little tiny, random things. Yeah, well, nothing tiny about him. I mean, little bone in his foot. That's a big man that's always going to have these issues, it, it seems, right now. I mean, you can't, like, play in your future around this guy. Yeah, that would be totally irresponsible. Um, and luckily, I don't think they have to. I mean, Trey Murphy's a really good player they got in the draft. I don't know if I loved him a lot when they drafted him, but, but I mean, he's turned out to be really good. Um, CJ McCollum's getting older, but he's still really good. Can do what he does. But Brandon Ingram's the guy. I mean, that is your star on your team. That's who has to be consistent. That's who has to be the guy all the time. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you get him for periods of time, okay, that's nice. That's a bonus. Um, but right now, what else can you do? I mean, what else can you plan for with Zion? I mean, that's that's all you got, I think. So take what you can get when you get it from him. But that's about it. I, I'm just. So tired of talking about the same thing when, you know, I, I wish they were a little more transparent. I think that might uh, make people at least, you know, understand what's going on if you just tell us. I mean, instead of these pushbacks of announcements and we'll say something this time and, and nothing ever gets said, nothing real. I feel like they're real uh, coy about it, maybe potentially so they can move off of him and get a good return in the future. You know, if yeah. you just come out and are like, he's just got this injury that he's never going to ever play more than 60 games in a season and and think of it like this man so just kind of, here's like another topic so they had the new um the collective uh bargaining agreement right yeah and so now you have to have played in a season at least 65 games to make an all nba team here's like my question it. for you does zion williamson ever in his career Make an all NBA team with these new uh requirements? I mean, easy answer is no, right? I mean, yeah, that's the easy answer. I like what the league's doing. That was two two of the big things were that and an in season.
tournament. That's been talked about a lot. Um, you know, well, we'll see if that really gets people excited or not. It'll be something um, mid-season to, to drum up some sort of excitement. I mean, a lot of people talk about the NBA. Does the regular season matter at all? Um, you know, that's such, such a beat-to-death topic. Um, but I'll say no. I mean, right. That's just the logical answer. I, I don't yeah. know when he's ever going to be, you know, completely fine to play a whole season, uh, play 65 games of the season. Um, I like that, though. I mean, that's still enough games for veterans to have their time if they need it. I mean, all injury aside, just if you are healthy, that's still enough time, enough games in the season that you can take off and still be eligible for those awards. But but I like that. I mean, OK. Uh, on on Draymond Green's podcast, he actually said he didn't like that. He said what this will lead to is in the future when people look back on times like this, it'll be just a bunch of bums that are making the All-NBA teams. And we, it's not going to be like a good view of what the NBA in that season actually was like. I, I don't I mean, necessarily look, you're gonna have that, but... You'll have a lot of snubs. You'll have a guy that had a legitimate injury that uh, played 60 games and that, that will happen. I mean, you know, very quickly, we're going to have someone that played 64 games and now we're talking about that. I mean, that will be a a thing that definitely happens uh, sooner than later if, if this is all going through, but I mean, look, injury is a part of the game. Um, I guess you'd have to go back and do the research on players that have won these awards or been all NBA who wouldn't have under this? I mean, yeah. I, I doubt that a lot. Exaggerating a little bit, I, I bet if you went back and looked at players who have won it and and been All NBA, I, I don't think there'd be much difference if this rule applied in the past. Oh yeah, man, I I'm with you. And also in the new CBA, now All NBA teams are positionless. So now there's going to be no Joel Embiid making second team, no Jokic making second team. Yeah, that that needed to be done. I mean, we've seen yeah. guys lose out on a lot of money because of the uh, position requirements. So I like that. Give it to the best guys, most deserving guys. Now, do you think so? It, front court, it's completely positionless. Do you think that this could lead to? I mean, like just this season, three of your, if it was to be acted upon, you know, this year, three of your first team All NBA guys are all bigs: Giannis, Jokic, Embiid. Good. I mean, if we got a healthy Anthony Davis, you know, he's right there, too. If he's able to play the 65 games, we'll ever see if he does that. Um, but, yeah, I I love the big man. I love that our best players in the league right now are big men. I mean, yeah, you've got Tatum. You've got other guys, or, you know, that are right there. But for the best players in the league right now are Joel, Giannis, and Jokic. And I love that. I love the big man. Um, so, yeah, don't don't snub them. When when these are our best guys in the whole league, then you got to be able to reward them and not have some something out there holding them back. And the money thing too is is huge. All right, man, I, I got some numbers for you. You want me to go back in history and look at the numbers? I got them pulled up. All right. There have been three, four MVPs that have won an MVP and played less than sixty-five games. There's an asterisk because three of them were during either a lockout year. Okay. Or the COVID year. Oh. So you got Giannis in 2020. He played 63. LeBron in 2062. 
And then Carl Malone played 49 uh, back Ooh, in 1999. And the only person who had like, it was a full year and he just still played less than 65 games. It was Bill Walton who played 58 games. And if the rule we have now was acted upon, then George Gervin would have won the MVP last year. Because remember, this isn't just all NBA. This is awards too. Iceman. All right. So now look, defensive player of the year. I'm, I'm not going to uh, keep including the asterisk seasons because okay. they're shorter anyway. Rudy Gobert, he won defensive player of the year in 2018. He only played 56 games. Yeah. I'm you sure were, there was I guess we just that flew under the radar. We weren't nobody would nobody that. would have a problem stealing that away from Gobert and giving who yeah. else, whoever was and second. So if the rule was the new rule was in effect, then Anthony Davis would have been your defensive player of the year that year. Kawhi Leonard, he won defensive player of the year back in 2015, only playing 64 games. Mm. There's that yep, cursed there number we were talking yep. about. And Draymond would have took it home that year. And then same with rookie of the year. LaMelo won rookie of the year. He played 51 games. Wow. Anthony Edwards should have won it. Yes, he should Kyrie Irving won rookie of the year. He only played 51 games. Ricky Rubio should have won it. It, it. Patrick Ewing won rookie of the year. He played 50 games. It should have been Xavier McDaniel. I mean, they're, they're set up for, you know, if there is a season, let's say rookie of the year, where there is head and shoulders better than, there's a guy who is, so much better than everybody, and then he gets hurt after playing 60 games. I mean, that's that's going to be tough. It's going to lead to arguments. Do we – is this rule absolute, or will we shake it up a little bit to reward guys that – you know, because we feel bad for their situation if they got hurt with a legitimate injury? Um, I mean, do, do coaches start letting a guy just play five minutes in the first quarter and then sit him the rest of the game to give him that technically the uh, game was played? I hope not. I mean, that's is that how they get around it. I mean, imagine if Paul if if Paolo got hurt. You know, he's the pretty much the unanimous rookie of the year this year. If Paolo only played sixty three games, I mean, is Walker Kessler our rookie of the year this year? Yeesh. Yeah. I mean, it. I don't know. You can. We're laying it out for for you to see how this will create. You know, all kind of arguments going forward. Um, there will be some situations like this. Uh, where you know people are going to argue and try to, yeah, a, a guy's going to get hurt after sixty games, and this will happen. This will happen. So I don't know. It is what it is. I like what they're trying to do, though. I mean, I mean, we're we're just trying to incentivize these million dollar NBA players to to step onto the court and play yeah, basketball. It job. seems simple, but look, it, a... if you were Adam Silver, and I guess I'm just asking to pull something. All right, Adam Silver, we need I need you to come up with something. Nothing we're doing is working. Come up with something that's going to get these guys to start playing. What what would you come up with that hasn't necessarily been um acted upon already in this new CBA? I mean, just you know, I, I don't know about the the in-season play, the in-season tournament. I think that's gimmicky. I think you just shorten the season, have no back-to-back, start on Christmas. That's the way you do it. That's uh, I've I've thought I've thought that for a while that, you know, a lot of people don't know basketball is going on until Christmas. You know, right? Uh, that should be your day. NBA Christmas Day is is huge to basketball fans. Let that be your start. Play 70, 75 games. Um, just that seems easy enough, and have no back to backs. Well, if if you started in Christmas, you 
be playing more like 60 something games I yeah think. probably but i mean you can you can figure it out but but still i mean it, would that be a problem you're you're making your well, regular see, season you, mean more now, you, now you're getting like on i'm with you i think there's too many games there's too many meaningless games let's just sh- shorten the season make e- you know the less games there are the more valuable they become yeah so that I'm with that, but then you got to think the owners, right? Oh, think of all those ticket sales are going to lose yeah. out on if that's, we drop not 18 gonna, games a year. Yeah, that, that's why things don't get done. Sessions, and then, and then you also got to think about the contracts for the players. You know, yeah. technically, these contracts they're signing that these owners are paying them for is to play an 82 game season. This money yeah. we're paying you is to play 82 games. I mean, and if, if all of a remi- sudden the contract is to play 65 games. All the contracts are going to dip a little bit. Yeah, that's why things don't get done. I mean, we can say it sounds good, but when you're talking about TV contracts, everything you're removing a, a pretty large, you know, part of the season. That's that's all the money from everywhere is less. So that's why things don't get done and won't get done. Yeah. So th- there, there's our little CBA talk. Yeah, yeah. We haven't done much <laughs> of that. That's all right. Um, yeah. Another one we haven't talked about yet. Last night is uh, Dallas, Dallas and Sacramento, and Kyrie Irving just on fire late in that game yesterday. Um, last night, him and Luca, where they both scored 30, they uh, they looked great. They were happy. They were smiling on the court. Body language was yeah. up. Defense defense was, was much, much better for them last night, um, and Kyrie Irving gave a, a great post-game interview, um, being actually happy. And that's right. the Dallas we thought we'd see. That kind of that version of Dallas is is what we hoped for. Um, but too little, too late. What do you think? Kyrie with thirty one, Luca with twenty nine, Hardaway with twenty four. Um, that was that was a much better Dallas outing than we've seen in a while. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's yeah, like too little, too late. We we touched on a little bit on the live show yesterday. They were considering. Uh, sitting Kyrie and Luca for the remainder of the year. Yeah, I mean they still have a chance to get in right now. They're still the 11 seed, but they're tied with OKC. And you are the 10 seed. Chances that you lose that draft pick go up tremendously because if it's not top 10, you lose it. You don't have really any other picks because I think the one pick that you did have, you gave it up to get Kyrie. Yeah. I know that, like you know, tanking is obviously frowned upon, but I, 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 I just feel like if somehow Kyrie and Luca do grind it out, and they somehow make the play in, and then let's say they even go on like a little run, right, and then become the eighth seed, nothing's gonna happen. They're gonna get swept in the playoffs if they somehow make it. They'll probably, they probably won't even make it out of the play in. I can't even imagine them beating L.A. or New Orleans or. Even Minnesota. I don't know, man. It's nice to see them playing well. well. I think you gotta. I think you got. You can't shut them down right now. You kind of broke your own back to bring in Kyrie Irving. Um, if you shut them down, it just boom. It didn't work. I mean, that's it's over. It didn't work. Do you resign Kyrie, or does he walk? I, I think that's that's how it would go if you shut them down and just immediately call it quits on this, you know, thing you tried to do and. You can't do that. That's why you you put them out there. You let them play. And last night it, it looked great. It looked how it should look, or we, what we thought it could look like. 
Um, if your hopes are to bring back Kyrie, I think you got to try to keep playing and hope for something. Hope for something to fall your way. Um, you yeah. know, if you have I, to rely on OKC to lose, they play the Jazz tonight. The Jazz is without everybody. I think no, no Sexton, no Markinen, no Clarkson. Um, they're they're down. Down. Yeah, I I think their their overtime loss to the late Lakers put them out of contention. Yeah. yeah but so I'm. I don't know. I, I I just don't know what they're playing for, man. Like it's a pride thing at this point. But you're you are potentially going to really set yourself back for five years, right? I mean, look, yeah. I I know Atlanta and because of the Trey Young Luca trade. The, he, here's everyone that Atlanta has drafted since then. You got Anyeka Okongwu, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish. He came through. AJ Griffin, Jalen Johnson. Mo, everyone that I just named, other than Cam Reddish, they're all in that eight man rotation for Atlanta. Now. Those were five people that Atlanta got. I'm not saying they're all stars, but they're at least playing minutes and have potential. Now, can you name one person that Dallas drafted other than Luka? Yeah, that's it's tough. I mean, they've tried to go about this and buying players and signing guys and free agency. And um, when it doesn't work, you really hurt yourself for the future. I mean, that's I mean, Dallas, that, that's kind of what they've been trying to do always is go the free agent route um yeah you get luca and want to build around him and and think that maybe players will want to come play with him um but i don't know about that i don't know if they will um so retaining Kyrie, i think uh they want to obviously i think letting him walk is a a horrifying situation and for dallas after all that you've done to get here um, I mean, I so. think that they can put a good roster around Luka and Kyrie and be successful. Right now, the, the roster just, you know, they it just was thrown together in February at the trade deadline. It doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. And, and Luka and Kyrie, they're trying. But... You, know, up on, you, you didn't screw up on Christian Wood. That just hasn't worked out the way a lot of people thought it would. I was a huge Christian Wood fan. Um, he played in Detroit. I was a huge Christian Wood fan. And then, you know, his time in Houston... He looked like he could be a – there's a reason they went and got him and, you know, paid him what he, they did. And that just hasn't worked out because you would think that would be the perfect piece. Um, you know, the lob threat, the uh, the exciting player he can be, that just hasn't worked out. So, I mean, sometimes that just happens and that's unfortunate for them. But, but you put Look, yourself I, in a pretty tough spot. I know you're on team let him play. I'm on team make them sit, man. Like, if they make the play in and they're picked – falls out of the top 10, then it goes to nah, New York. It, picks. I mean, you want, you, you think, are. Though, this is the only chance that they have for it to be a lottery. If it does, if it does fall in the top 10, they get it. Wow. Now we have a potential to get a lottery level potential side, Luca and Kyrie. If they do grind it and make the playoffs. Now that pick goes to. New York, and let's say it's like the 14th, 15th pick next year. Now, okay, so next year we got our pick because this pick went to New York. They're not going to be as bad as they are this year. Next year, they're going to build the team around Kyrie and Luka that's going to work. Now, all of a sudden, that pick is the 20th pick. So right now, you have the option to just say, forget these last two games, and we're going to get the eighth pick of the draft, potentially. Or it's let's grind it out, make the play in, and probably lose the first game 
oh, and we lose our pick, and next year we're going to probably have the 20th pick. It They've doesn't make shown they don't care them. about draft picks. They've shown that they're trying to build this team and, a certain and, and, way. And what, position, and what position are they in right now because Yeah, of they're that? screwed. I, I get that. They are screwed. They've done that to themselves. But they've done everything to be a compete right now team. And if you throw in the towel now, you're, you're showing you've given up and that it just didn't work. You want to try to parade or, you know, put these guys out there with still today something to play for. I mean, it's not over till it's over. Um, but if you throw your hands up and all do all this over a draft pick, that just shows that you completely failed in what you're trying to do. And they've done everything to be a compete right now team. All right. So, look, if they if they do make the play in, right, they're the 10 seed. They lose that first game. Did you, are you just suddenly changing your mind? No. Like instead of now, oh, it didn't. Instead, because you're saying if they don't make the playoffs and they throw in the towel, it didn't work. That's a bad look. But if they make the play in and they lose in the first game, it's still the same vibe. Doesn't matter. Go out swinging. Don't don't leave it on the court. Leave the uh, the outcome on the court. If you lose in the play in, all right, okay, that sucks. That's embarrassing for what for who you are and what you've tried to do. That is embarrassing. But to let it not unfold on the court and say we're done while we still have a chance at something um then don't tell me they they don't have a chance against everyone in that play and they can beat anybody on any night it just hasn't happened as much as it's needed to all right Uh, i i disagree with that see man you you want to be playing for pride i'm trying to play for championships that's how i'm looking at it i do you've already done too much to assemble this roster you have right now and they had it, though. They traded Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith and brought in Kyrie. And now, if they can just, like, if they were to sit them these last two games, you think all of a sudden Kyrie and Luka are just like, oh, screw Dallas. I think if you can just sit down and talk to them, like, basically everything I just said about the picks and all that, look. They don't give a damn about it. no draft we threw, pick. we threw it together. We tried to make it work for, like, two months. We didn't really have the roster. That we needed to, but we believe if y'all two, we can build the perfect roster around you too, then we can make it work. And if we sit you guys, then we can really bring in a really high level young guy to play with y'all. That is so dumb. And they're not, Man. you're telling me Kyrie Irving and Luca are going to sit there and be like, oh, I get it. You're saying we didn't have a good enough roster to my face when I'm, I'm the roster, right? That you, you tell them it's not their fault. Y'all uh, are fine. It's everyone else. I don't like it. Kyrie's walking on you if you do that. You go out there and play for everything you've got, what's still on the line. you got to go out swinging. You've got to do something or else it is just an embarrassment. And that's that's what you got to do. I mean, but, hey, imagine what this team would look like if they had Luka, Jalen Brunson, and Chris Stapps, Porzingis. How good would they be? <laughs> Chris Stapps is good, man. I know. I know. I'm, I'm a big Porzingis guy. Oh, I don't gosh, know. Man, I, look- I think there's, there's clear two ways of thinking. I mean, we don't. We don't. We agree a lot. We don't disagree a whole lot. But uh, that would be so weak. Um, trying to tell you guys that you know we're shutting it down when there's still some possibility of something on the line. So I'm guessing like w- what you see Portland do at the end of the season, basically every year it seems for the past two or three years, they play. They're competitive. It's just Damian Lillard going crazy. They're right there on that you know play in bubble. And then they always just shut him down and tank for those last, like, two weeks. So I, I'm guessing you're just you, – you would prefer Dame grind it out and they become the 10 seed and lose in the play-in or get swept in the first round? Yeah, I mean, right? 
Well, but then I mean, how does how does how does Damian Lillard ever get a good roster around him? You're not no big name talent is going to Portland. When have they ever well, brought there, in a big name free agent? There, there's the point is that Dallas has done things. They're kind of Dallas has been a team that goes out and tries to work through free agency. Tries, I know, I and know, fails. Still, well, they're failing, yes, but they've had Portland is they a team never that have. will. No, they've never brought in a big name free agent. They've tried. You remember when the when the Clippers locked DeAndre Jordan in his house, and they wouldn't let him leave because he was going to go to Dallas. Dallas yeah. always has the money. They they think they're alluring, but they never ever bring in anyone. And I don't necessarily know if there's a star that would want to sign with Dallas and play alongside Luca. Yeah, I agree with that. I do agree with that for sure. But I think Portland. I don't know why we're. <laughs> Okay, but Portland is a team that will never have free agent success. They're always going to have to overpay. I mean, that's a small market team, smaller market team. Um, you know, if it weren't for Dame out there, they would be absolutely terrible and have to build it from the com- com- complete bottom up through the draft. Um, so, you know, that's that's what Detroit's doing right now. They had their time where they were out there giving money to Blake Griffin and and this whole era that the Pistons went through. But now they realize that they are the Pistons that are in Detroit. You're not going to lure guys to Detroit. You're going to have to build it organically. Um, but I just placed Dallas a little bit above that space. You know, I just they're they. I mean, look, they they got Luca in the draft through through a trade. So, I mean, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. But still, I mean, yeah. you you get a guy like Luca, and you think he becomes a magnet for other guys. What I I don't think that really happens. Um, I don't know. They're a disappointment, but I'm not sitting guys when there's still a possibility of something to play for. I mean, that just seems like you're completely shutting down. Well, I like it's just two games. I say just screw it, man. Like, I'm not necessarily <laughs> I wouldn't agree all the way to what Portland does, where they just tell Damian Lillard, you're gonna take the last 20 games off, even though we're right here at the eight seed or whatever. Yeah. I don't know, but see, you know, Utah, they're doing what Dallas is doing right now. They're just, they, well, they were until it became impossible. Out and get into that playoff, because that's another thing that people don't think about. Getting into the playoffs with a team can can really boost the potential of your roster and all your players. Like, you remember when that D'Angelo Russell Nets team got hot and made a little run? When the Atlanta Hawks got hot and made a little run with Nate McMillan. So I I see the value of pushing and being competitive and getting that playoff experience and and your players growing in that way and playing in more competitive games. But I don't see the value in it here with Kyrie and Luka because even if they somehow go on a run and make it to the playoffs, they're not going to win in the first round. The... It doesn't matter like the experience of those players get because I guarantee you the Dallas roster is going to look completely different next year other than Kyrie and Luka. Kyrie and Luka, they don't need the playoff experience potential from playing in those competitive games. So I just don't really know what you're doing it for or who you're I mean, doing. I, but if you're Dallas still has, if they look, if they can somehow look like how they looked last night, they do become a bit of a problem. And I mean, are they going to win the West? No, but having some some sort of success whatsoever in the playoffs is so much more worth it than shutting it down and not. I mean, obviously. Um, I don't know. I think you just got to go out there and play because 
you showed yourself last night. You can build up some confidence from one game that, okay, this is how we can look. And if you're feeling that confidence, then who's to say they can't steal a couple games from whoever they're playing? It's Denver. I mean, they could they could give Denver some Denver problems. Denver or Memphis. They could give both those teams some problems. I mean, for real. I mean, they're, they not, look- they're not. Look, everything we're saying is hypothetical. They're not going to make it out of the play-in, dude. They are not going to beat Minnesota. They are not going to beat New Orleans. And they, they are beat not going to beat teams. the Lakers. They could absolutely beat all those teams. They no, could. they could not. On their best on their best night, they could absolutely beat all those teams. No way. Yeah, There's man. No for way. Sure. Absolutely. You're gonna tell me they don't have a shot against New Orleans? I mean, come on. New Orleans has a lot of big long defenders, and Dallas has no defenders. Brandon Ingram would have I get it. 40. I know why you're saying what you're saying, but to say they have no shot against that level of team, that is no wrong shot. to me. Uh-uh. Okay. I'm saying no shot at all. all they right. make the all play right. in. Maybe they win a game because they got lucky. They're not getting <laughs> out playing. That is a guarantee. If, if man, if Dallas is playing in the playoffs, Look, I, I'm I not. I don't know. Gonna, I'm not picking them to have this success. I'm talking about, but I'm saying it is possible based on what I saw last night. That's what Dallas could look like. Um, there is defensive capability amongst that team. It's there that you just don't see it that often. You just had a perfect performance last night, and they beat a team that they could potentially play if they did win in the playoff, play in. I mean, so, but again, I mean, a game like that could also go the other way and tell you maybe that uh, Sacramento just ain't going to do it in the playoffs. I mean, it's been a great story. Mike Brown should be coach of the year, but I don't know if I'm believing in them in the playoffs. I'm just not. Maybe you could go take that whole route. Instead, we've gone the Dallas route. Um, But We'll see. I'm saying don't ever say never because they they absolutely could get hot and beat all those teams. I do believe that. But yeah, hey, well, well, let's let's we got we got a couple minutes left yeah. before we uh, wrap up. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Phoenix Suns and who their Denver potential tonight. matchup could be. What'd you say? They got Denver tonight, but Denver uh, we mentioned that no Murray, no Porter Jr. Uh, so yeah, they're like an eleven. 11 and a half point favorite tonight in yeah, Phoenix. And, and, and Phoenix isn't playing to move up the ranks any. It's li- really just to get some reps in with KD and all their guys. They've been, un- they've been under. There's been this thing going on that's saying this little five, six, seven, the five, six, seven seats, they're all trying to fall at six, not drop all the way to seven, but not go all the way up to five because you don't want to have to play Phoenix. You nope. want to play Sacramento, and you don't want to go in the play-in. So those three teams, now I think the Lakers are out of that. But the Clippers and Warriors, man, that's that's tricky right there. Oh, yeah. These teams should want to do anything to play Sacramento and not Phoenix because if they're tuned up, I mean, we're already seeing it with Kevin Durant being available on the court. They're they're really good. We all, we're also going to get uh, Phoenix, hopefully. I mean, that's how it's looking right now. Um, Phoenix has to close tonight with the Nuggets without all the Nuggets playing tonight, just about. But then it's Lakers Clippers. Um, but we'll have an opportunity to see LeBron and Kevin Durant play for the first time since 2018. That should that should happen before our next show. Um, that's something to be watching for. Um, something we haven't seen enough of. So I don't know. They're they're still out there playing, just trying to tune it up. I still like Phoenix a whole lot. Um, I'm believing less and less in the top of the West right now, Sacramento and Denver. I'm not buying those teams as real contenders. I think in the middle of that that Western Conference is, is where the real success is going to be. If Wiggins comes back to the Warriors, 
Do they immediately get dangerous? I think they do. I think they absolutely do. Is Golden State going to pull off some more sneaky BS? Are they going to somehow get Sacramento, beat Sacramento, and then they would end up playing Memphis in the next round? They would be favored against Memphis, for sure. And then all of a sudden they're in the Western Conference Finals against either Phoenix, the Clippers, or the Nuggets. God. And then here we are again. Yeah, well, I, it could shake out that way. Again, it all hinged, hinged on Wiggins, and he's coming back. Um, ton going on. We'll be back next week. Recap all of it, getting ready for the real playoffs. Play in. Once again, double team. For Nick Wiggins, I'm Stephen Root. You have been double team. <laughs>